Um, I'm going to talk about um, good urban form, and first of all, I'll try and define what that is. And I'd suggest that uh, we can think about urban design very crudely working at three scales. And at the largest scale, it's strategic, and it's across a district or a city or a town. Um, and we tend to illustrate that in two-dimensional form. It's quite diagrammatic. And we're trying to, we try to communicate a vision um, about the landscape, how the settlement sits into a landscape setting, how movement structures work, um, and broadly about neighborhood structure and, and land uses. Um, we then move on to a middle scale, which is perhaps where lay people think urban design exists. It's at one to five hundred or so. And it's once you get down to the street and you're defining massing, you, you would draw, typically draw street sections. You know specifically what densities are. You're defining the public realm. And we come up with little bird's eye views like this. And then we get down to detail. Uh, what's it like to be at street level and walking around? And we tend to illustrate that with little, with little sketches or details, and we would consider architectural detail, how a building responds to its context, where the doors are, doors are on the street, um, how the buildings address the street, how the buildings turn a corner, um, and in the street, how that is organised, is it a shared surface, is it for, if it's for cars, is there, is, there, is there tree planting and all of those details. And we tend to work up and down the scales. So when we're working at a larger scale, we have one eye on the implications for what it means when we come down to this scale here or this scale down the bottom. And that's what urban designers do all the time, is working up and down the scales. The first scale is particularly important because it's embracing many different land ownerships. At that scale of working, the land hasn't been assembled into one ownership. So there's many different scales land, land ownerships there. Um, we're attempting to facilitate development on many different time scales across a town or a city. And it's interdisciplinary. It's requiring economics, sociologists, as well as people involved in built form design. So the first stage is very multidisciplinary, I say inter interdisciplinary. And it is enabling a town or a city quarter to be built out by many hands. So is that what happens in the, in the world? Is that what happens in the planning system? Do we have a vision for our towns and cities? Well, we have a local plan. Um, we have a plan-led system. So I'm going to question, is, is it plan-led? How, how, how do most local authorities work? Of course, local authorities interested enough coming to an urban design conference will not work in the way I'm going to characterize, but there, there are many authorities out there who will work this way, which is early in the system, there is what's called a call for sites, which means the local authority says, we've got a rough target of how many houses we need to build out over the next plan period, any landowners with a piece of land you want to bring forward for development, draw a red line around it on an OS map and submit it. And there's a whole industry there of consultants submitting OS maps with red lines around for development. Then the local authority, those are listed. 
It's a spreadsheet exercise. For each of those sites, there's an area allocated, an assumed density, total number of dwellings, has it met the target down the bottom. And that, of course, is necessary, but it seems to be driving the way forward on many local plans. And the risk is that it identifies sites. It identifies sites which are pods or blob, blobs on a map. And um, if it's a small blob, we'd probably call it a garden. It's a garden village. If it's a larger blob, it's a garden town. And if it's a very big blob, it's an eco-town or a garden city. So they have these words that dignify them. Um, but the reality is that this is, this is just jargon. And then, worst of all, if these, these blobs get built out, which they are being built out, they're joined together by a road system, which often looks like it's been designed by a plumber who's joining up radiators. It has no relationship to a meaningful public realm. The highest order of public spaces we find in historic cities are high streets, the boulevards. Those are being downgraded to road-dominated highways connecting things up. It means that the blobs and the pods that are left on the plan that we build out are almost doomed to fail. Um, first of all, they're not necessarily informed by a landscape context. They're not sitting there um, being defined by watersheds, they're being defined by arbitrary ownership boundaries. If they are poorly connected, then the chances of getting decent mixed uses to work at the hearts of those neighbourhoods are severely prejudiced. Um, I've worked on a great many strategic plans of several, each several thousand dwellings, and it, I find very, very few come out of the planning system as well-connected sites. Because the planning system identifies the least well-connected sites. It identifies sites where there are the fewest objections, the fewest great crested newts, the fewest, it's the easiest way to build. It's almost as if there's a conspiracy here between volume house builders and local authorities to produce these pieces of land that are easy to roll out as housing developments. Is this plan led? Do we have a local plan? Or is it a local map? of landowners who won the lottery. So, we have a growth agenda. We have a government promoting a significant amount of growth over the next 10 years. Three million homes. So that's 300,000 a year target. At the densities at which we're currently building, The total land take, if that target of 3 million reached, is, I'll save you the arithmetic, but I'm happy to answer questions privately, is 740 square miles. I'm assuming 35 dph net plus 40% of every major development for strategic green infrastructure. It is a huge land take. It is the size of Surrey. That is the development footprint of urbanism that we are planning planning for from our government over the next 10 years. So is that going to be good urbanism or is it going to be more of what we tend to get? Now the, um, the, the urban design group ran 
um, a very interesting evening in Cowcross Street uh, around about February, I think, with the National Planning Policy Framework debate. Lots, lots of organisations came along and uh, gave a talk and a, a critique of the plan, and uh, some good came out of that. There were some nudges. Um, Robert asked me to speak, and I spoke about the need for strategic frameworks for every, every town, every city, every district. There should be there, 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 the need for, for a vision. And we actually wrote, uh, the Urban Design Group wrote um, to the powers that be, and we asked for a new Section 3 in the NPPF, asking for this, and of course we didn't get it, but that is the target the next time round. But so many people came up after that event and said, you know, that's really true, we are, de we are dealing all the time with these isolated sites that are poorly connected, that don't sit well in the landscape, and we're really trying to do our best and bring some life to them and, and, and good design, etc., etc. but it's like doing it with one hand behind your back, because if this stage is missed out, then more than 50% of the urban design decisions are already taken inadvertently, inadvertently. So, as a result of that, a group of uh, UDG members uh, came, came together um, and we decided that the Urban Design Group would roll out a program trying to promote strategic urban design into the local plan. I've been concentrating on my slides here. So. And we can launch that program today and I'll outline it to you and how you can possibly help. The way the local plan system is working is there's five standard stages. There's information gathering, issues papers, draft local plan, independent examination, and then the adopted plan. And strategic urban design can feed into that through character assessments at the information gathering stage, at strategic urban design options at issues paper stage, and in, in the spatial plan in presenting a vision for growth. And we don't have the resources to do that, but what we're offering to local authorities if they need assistance is a panel of UDG members who have got suitable skills and experience who will give advice it will give some hand-holding, possibly run workshops for officers, workshops for members, um, and basically set the scene. So to do, to do that, we need panel members. So there's an invitation to everybody here, members of the Urban Design Group. If it's something you are interested in doing, do come forward. And I'll tell you in a moment exactly how to do that. Um, and secondly, for local authorities, if you know local authorities who might welcome an input at this stage, we're very happy to do that on a confidential basis. There's a leaflet which will go out on the UDG website to download next week. I'm sorry we haven't got it for uh, today's conference. Um, and it will say that the workshops will produce diagrams and descriptions of how the town evolved, showing the movement, structure, landscape, topography, and show how street patterns could expand. And this can be the basis for councils to identify sites for development, creating the pattern of districts, neighborhood, land uses, and open spaces that make up the successful village, town, or city. 
and we think it will actually speed the process. Um, it won't slow things down. It's not another layer of work. And this is the difficulty we've had in initial discussions in testing it out with local authorities. They think, oh, we were absolutely swamped. We under-resourced. It's not extra work. We think it will actually help the local plan go forward. So the service we're offering is not an alternative to staff recruitment. It might be that some local authorities are well-equipped and well-resourced and they're better off commissioning the work, in which case what the urban design group can do is help write the brief to for that. So we're not intending to get in the way of practices at all. Uh, we, we, we're trying to raise uh, attention and uh, awareness of the importance of a strategic vision, vision for every town. So, the Urban Design Group came into being as a campaigning organisation 40 years ago. It came into being to really make a difference to the world. And I think this exercise offers an opportunity for some of the members here who are interested and perhaps got the time. Um, certainly some of practices practices who would maybe like to donate a tithe or you know, a very small percentage of their resource budget um, by saying we're prepared to back this and offer some time and advice. Initially we're going to roll out three pilot projects. Um, we'll do it over the next year and uh, those pilots will actually be free. People will donate their time and believe it or not we've got willing urban design group members who have already said they're going to donate some time. The Urban Design Group is going to pay for expenses. Thank you, the Exec Committee and uh, Robert. Uh, we will document this, and if it looks like it's a success, we'll roll it out across the country, and it will be run on the lines of design review and modest fees charged uh, for that. So in, in working this up, being assisted by um, Robert, Rob, Robert Huxford, um, and I'm asking people just to make themselves apparent so you can go and ask questions and say if you're interested in, in supporting this. Um, Katya Steele at the back in the stripy jumper. Uh, Paul, Paul Reynolds here um, at the front. Uh, Rob Cowan. Rob, there. there you are. Um, have I missed anybody? I think that's been it. I think that's been it in getting it to, to this stage. So I hope it's something that the Urban Design Group can support. I think there's no magic bullets to fixing the built environment, but I think having strategic plans and encouraging a vision for each and every town as a campaign is really worthwhile. And if we could raise awareness of that and the importance of that in only a small way, it will be a huge step forward. So I hope that's something that the Urban Design Group membership can support and get on board with. Thank you very much.